Have you ever wondered what it's like to travel the world and work from wherever you are? Are you curious about what it's like to live and travel in a van? What's it like to be totally location-free and go wherever your heart desires? With today's guest, Chelsea, founder of Traveler by Trade, we'll learn more about the dream life of living and working from wherever. One, two, three. Hola, hello, everyone. It's your host, Sabrina, and welcome to the Pretty Sure Podcast, where we'll talk about everything from travel, dating, to expat life, and everything in between. With new guests and topics each week, we'll get advice, some insights, and talk about things I'm pretty sure you've all experienced at one point or another. Sometimes all we really want to know is why, what does it mean, and am I the only one? See, I felt alone many times in my life, but I've gotten through it all by having my friends at my side. So I want you to think of me as your new best friend. We'll laugh together and maybe even overthink a little, but we'll have a damn good time at it all. So get ready, guys, because here we go. Good morning, guys. I hope you're all doing all right today. It's really bad weather right now here in Paris, so I'm actually daydreaming of nicer weather and somehow palm trees too. Don't judge. (laughs) Here's a funny little anecdote. So whenever people ask me where I want to live or settle down, I never know what to say. Obviously, as you know, I've lived in many different places and I like a lot of different cities, so can never actually choose. And I'm pretty attracted to the unknown, so visiting a new country is actually the perfect adventure for me. So instead of choosing one place, I always respond with the following. I want to do something that would allow me to live in two places per year or maybe have a base somewhere, you know, travel or go to another city for a couple of months and then come back. That's the dream, basically. So when I emailed Chelsea Lynn, who's the founder of Traveler by Trade and the Nomad Society, um, hello, can she actually have any cooler names? I knew I had to have her on the show because she's just out there living the dream life and I need all the tips, guys. So welcome, Chels, to Pretty Sure, and I'm honestly super thrilled to have you on. So please tell us a bit about your story and let's dive in. Oh my goodness. First of all, how good was that intro? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's so good. Um, Coincidentally enough, I do get quite a few comments on the Traveler by Trade name. Yeah. And when I first came to me, it was, I think I was still a teenager, my goodness. It was just my Instagram handle. And then anytime someone saw it and things that I signed up for, people would always compliment me on it. I had someone message me on Instagram and offer me money to buy Traveler by Trade, to buy the handle. And I was like, no, 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 I love it. I have to keep it. (laughs) But yeah, that's great. I love that little intro. Um, (laughs) So yeah, my name's Chelsea um, or Traveler by Trade. (laughs) I love that. And yes, I'm a little bit of a location-independent nomad soul, I guess you would say. So yeah, I was born and raised in Canada. A couple days after I graduated, I up and packed my little Dodge Neon and moved myself to the other side of the country. And then after that, the other side of the world. (laughs) And I just kind of haven't stopped since. So I think it's it's been about six years now of me just floating off to random places and calling it home for a little while. I'm now in Australia. I've been in Byron Bay for just over a year. I've definitely traveled while I've been here. Um, I think I've been to six or six countries, maybe, um, floating through while I've been in Byron. Maybe five. But yeah, like you had said in the intro, it'd be really nice to have a home base somewhere to be able to float. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what I'm building here. That's amazing. And so how did actually Traveler by Trade come to be? And how did you get into traveling? Like, did you always like traveling as a child? Or was it something more you discovered as an adult? Honestly, it was a little weird. Like when I was a kid, I never really went too far from home. And then Mm -hmm. once my grandparents retired, I think it was the best thing ever for me. Because they then brought me to Myrtle Beach twice. They had bought a cottage that was three or four hours away from my hometown, and I would go stay there in the summer. And then just me and my mom moved around quite a bit, just moving from house to house when I was a kid growing up. So I think I Mm -hmm. just got that, like, a little bit of that nomad pit as I was growing up as a kid. And then by the time I finished high school, 
I just really had this calling to like, let's, I didn't even think to travel outside of Canada. It was just like, let's move. Let's explore. <laughs> like, it was just this random feeling inside of me. So I've moved myself to Western Canada, drove across the country, packed that little Dodge Neon and drove it across. <laughs> it's about, I think it took me four days the first oh, wow. time I did it. I've driven across Canada five times now. I love it. One thing I always recommend is travel your own country before you start yeah. floating. And then, yeah, I've, I lived in this little town in British Columbia in Yoho National Park. And lo and behold, there was a boy. Of course, there's always a boy. <laughs> um, there's always a boy. There's always a boy. And his parents were huge travelers. And they had always said, he had two younger sisters, before you go to college, you need travel. I think his parents had been yeah. to at least 100 countries each, no doubt. He oh, had wow. already traveled to a ton of countries across Europe. And he was like, let's go to Central America. So I moved out west for the summer. And then I had dropped out of university back home, bought myself a backpack. And away me and my boyfriend met after, went, sorry, after, goodness, I don't even think we were dating that long like maybe four or five months <laughs> and we just oh my god it's like okay let's go had a couple glasses of wine and booked a one-way ticket to Mexico City and then <laughs> just went down from there ended up back in Mexico City got a job there for a bit and then I think after that trip I got home and I was hook line and sinker I was done yeah. like later in that year I booked a one-way trip to Europe by myself and was just like, all right, let's go. And I flew to Europe and I walked to the Camino de Santiago, uh, which is an 800 wow. kilometer trek across France and Spain. Yeah. And I think after that, that was my first solo trip. So when I went with my then partner, it, it, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to do this. And then once I went on that first solo trip, it was just done. I was like, this, I, I love this life. This is my life now. <laughs> like, living out of a I backpack is amazing. <laughs> I, I could do this forever live in hostels no fuss let's go and then yeah oh, wow. since then I've lived in lived out of a backpack I've lived in hostels I stayed in a 300 bed hostel once in Spain what? yeah I lived in a 50 bed dorm in Brisbane Australia for just over a month um, oh, I lived in a tent for 10 months at the back in the back of a hostel here in Byron there's like a campground area and I lived in a uh -huh. tent for 10 months while I started this business um, I've wow. lived in tiny houses I've lived so many places. That's so <laughs> interesting. How was it living in a tent? Honestly, first of all, like full disclosure, I'm totally biased. I'm obsessed with tiny houses and tiny spaces, which uh -huh. is why, I mean, right now in light of Corona, I am staying at my partner's house. My van is parked. I'm actually sat, we've turned the garage into a little office and I'm sat inside the garage and it's like just on the other side of this door is my van. And every time I look at it oh, wow. every day, I'm like, oh, I miss you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the tent for me, first of all, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I had, it was like an eight man tent. There was like a little pop-up hanging closet in there. I had fairy lights everywhere. Oh, cool. I had a real mattress. It was just like a little single mattress. I bought a car battery and hooked up an inverter system. So I had power in my tent because I started oh, my wow. business in the tent actually. Well, well while I was living there. And that's how I charged my laptop and started writing all my pitches and started editing all my photos and building up my website. Yeah, it's wow, just, that's it's an a, amazing story. It's a whole new level of minimal. Yeah, it really is. And then from there, you decided to get a van, or you started with little homes, or how did you kind of transition out of a tent? Like, how did that work for you? So when I was living in Western Canada in British Columbia, there is. I wouldn't say it's as big as in Australia, but there is a little bit of like a van life movement. So that's when I first mm -hmm. started seeing them. Uh, and then when I first moved to Australia, I was actually living in WA, Western Australia, and bought a van, did a whole, I drove around just about half of Australia in it, like around the top and over the top of the coast. Mm -hmm. So anyone that's listening that knows Australia, I went from Perth all the way up to Broome and then over to Cairns and just fell in love with the van life. And then I came mm -hmm. back to Byron and coincidentally enough, just found this hostel that had this, it's called the Arts Factory. Mm -hmm. If anyone comes to Byron and you stay in a hostel, you have to go there. It is the best hostel ever. 
it's filled just it's just endless creatives everyone in there is an artist in their own way and I think you kind of have to be to live that kind of like I don't know like that starving artist kind of backpacker um little lifestyle yeah yeah, I mean we, we we all got so close we all made do everyone was like really minimal we all came together and spent a lot of time together in outdoor areas and basically our tents we just crashed in and slept in and then from that, that like I so actually oh it was so good I actually moved into a normal house after that it was starting to get into the winter and business was picking up so I I needed to get into a house I needed proper internet and power and wi-fi things like that so I moved into a house and then a few weeks later I was like nope and I started looking for a van I was like, I, I don't know if I can live in one full time as I'm starting a business, but I need to have one where I can at least go out on adventures on. And then after mm-hmm. I got the van, I think it was a couple weeks later, and I was like, no, I'm moving into the van full time. So then I moved wow. out of the house and moved back into the van. At the time, it was pre-corona, and I had a co-working office, so I just worked there and then yeah. lived in the van. So it was a little bit of a different way of living because I stayed in Byron. It wasn't like mm-hmm. I was in my van traveling all the time. Like my van was pretty much my home base. And then I went to and from my co-working office and everyone there used to laugh at me at the end of the night. Everyone would be like, oh, we're all going home. Be like, enjoy your van, Chels. Like, thanks, guys. <laughs> I actually love my van. Like, don't make fun of me. That's hilarious. Because I was just going to ask, like, before you said the co-working space, like, how does it work to work from a van? Like, how does the whole internet – do you have internet – how does it actually work? I'm super curious because, you know, my only experience with camper vans and stuff, it's the super random movie um, RV, you know, with JoJo, <laughs> yes. the super old one. So <laughs> oh that's like <laughs> that's like my only experience with camp vans. And then I've been super curious. I've always wanted to, you know, like go on one, try one, but I'm not as adventurous in that sense. So I'm like, I need to know what it's like first. Oh my goodness, I wish that my van looked like that RV from that movie. <laughs> That'd be it was so amazing, lush. right? So lush in comparison. Oh my goodness. Just to put it into perspective, my van is a 2000 uh, Ford Econo van pop top. And okay. you have to turn the key like two or three times. And then she starts up. She's a beauty. Um, but she's been up and down the coast a few times. And that RV is probably four times the size of my van. Okay. Although with the pop top, I can stand up in it. So that's a bonus. Oh, nice. But when it comes to internet and things, that's honestly one of the trickiest parts because you have two different routes that you can go. Either one, you find a very lush caravan park that offers Wi-Fi. Some of those do exist and they're a blessing. I absolutely love them. (laughs) They're so good. I haven't been to many, but they are out there. Um, second is going to be, of course, just running data and hotspotting off your phone. Mm -hmm. Luckily in Australia, I mean, in comparison to Canada, data here for your phone is so cheap in comparison. So in, in Canada, that wouldn't really be a viable option here. It's not too bad, depending on what you're doing. If you have to download a lot, of course, you're going to run through it. Um, Mm -hmm. you have like the portable hotspot, like Wi-Fi hotspots. So there's a company here called Telstra and Optus. They're like a phone and internet provider. And they have these little hotspot, like portable Wi-Fis. I know there's like Skyroam that's out there as well, but they can get pretty pricey. Other than that, uh, Van is home base. Any work that you do is work that you don't need Wi-Fi for. You do any offline work. And then you either spend your time at libraries, co-working offices, or cafes to do any of the work that you need when you need internet connection. Okay, well that sounds simple enough. That's that's doable. Yeah. There's there's a couple different ways. I've been in that spot before where I'm like in the van and it's raining and I get this little yeah. surge of inspiration and I'm like, oh I just wish that this was like had Wi-Fi in the van. There's definitely those times where it can be frustrating, but if you kind of plan it out pretty good, especially if you know you're gonna be staying in one place for a bit. Um, libraries are always a great way like I have a universal library card that's for like all of Australia so I can go in and log in and have unlimited wi-fi pretty much anywhere I go in the library oh, wow that's super cool so how did you actually start your online business and why did you decide to start it why was because I needed a job that I could take with me around the world I was in university 
I think I always knew that I wanted to travel because I was in a global health degree. Basically, Mm -hmm. it's like the public health system, but on a global scale. So I wanted to go and work with companies like Nurses and Doctors Without Borders. So I think I always knew that I needed a job that would allow me to travel. And then honestly, I kept trying to go back to university. And then anytime I reapplied like three or four times and got accepted and was all set up to go back. And then I just booked a flight and like screwed off to somewhere else and just blew it off consecutively for like three years in a row. And then it was my mom, actually, that had said I was trying to go back to uni again. My mom's like, you've never been to Australia. You've always wanted to go. Just go do it for a year. I think you're going to be miserable. You're going to lock yourself down for eight months for uni and you're going to book a flight in the middle of it and leave. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. do you know what, mom? You know me well. (laughs) You know me very well. Um, And then when I came out to Australia, I had already started. I mean, I guess partway my business just kind of came and landed with me it really is just all of my Mm -hmm. passions but in between I was working as a server so I would go home and work for two three four months and have like two jobs and save up a ton of money and then go traveling Mm -hmm. and then come home a couple months later broke and do it all over again Mm -hmm. and I think it's in those spots that's where I was like hey I'm gonna go back to school yes I can do this I'll have a real real career it'll be easier And then I just took all my savings and was like, yeah, now I'm not going to spend this on tuition. Like, I'm going to Asia. I'm going to India. (laughs) And then I had the Traveler by Trade handle on Instagram. And then I just, Uh I always loved photography. Even through high school, I took all the photography courses. I was in photography club. And I had bought a real camera. And then I started getting a following on Instagram and just kind of diving in and learning how the algorithm worked and things like that. And then Mm -hmm. I actually... I did so much research on how to make money online and different ways to make money online and took all these online courses and I came across drop shipping, which is basically like building out a store on Shopify using companies like AliExpress and you Mm -hmm. build out a storefront and resell products that you source from AliExpress. So they'll ship from like China and go to a customer that's bought it based on your store. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually, you're not in contact with the products. And in the end, I built out my own store on Shopify. I loved building out the store and I hated drop shipping and the whole platform behind it. And then someone saw my website and sent me a message and said, I love it. Did you like who designed your website? And I said, I did. And then they paid me to design and build their drop shipping store website on Shopify. And that's how I got into website design. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so it, it kind just of just like fell stumbled. on your lap, basically. It literally just fell in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's two routes to go there because that usually is the norm. Like it either just happens and someone's like, oh, I like what you do. And you're like, hmm, maybe I should do that. Or it's like you've been planning this for a while and you're like, okay, I'm going to take the leap. So it's like literally yeah. only those two options. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what is your favorite part about traveling? Like what is the thing that attracts you so much to it? I love experiencing new things and just meeting new people. Just the whole culture about it. Just There's no better way to immerse yourself. And I mean, India, for example, I went to India by myself. I did a solo trip there. I had gone there not really understanding the culture. And Mm -hmm. I came out of India a month later. And to this day, I still talk about India all the time. The people... The people are amazing and the culture. I was there for Diwali, which is the light festival. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you've never seen people just celebrate like this, like like they do in Diwali. The food, I have to eat Indian food at least once a week now or I generally get very upset since being <laughs> to India. I fell in love with the food. Oh, I just, I love it. The same thing happened when I went through Central America. I had mm-hmm. never eaten an avocado until I got to Mexico. What? Yeah, I know, right? I was like, tw- wait, 19 years old, 20 years old. I'd never eaten an avocado in my life. And I mean, blessed, I got to eat an avocado for the first time in Mexico. Oh yeah. my goodness. That was what, six, seven years ago? And I've like, I just have a, an appreciation now. I find that all of the countries that I've been to, those are the types yeah. of foods that I like to eat and cook now. Like I'm constantly creating like and cooking Mexican and Indian food and 
all these different cultures and places that I've been to because I've got to really experience the culture. I've got to take like a Balinese cooking class and meet a chef in Mexico and like actually get to see how they cook things and really just appreciate the culture, the music, the food, the people. There's just something about it that it's just amazing. I don't even really know how to explain it. There's really no words for it. If you're a traveler and you've been to another country, you'll totally get what I'm saying. But if you haven't, you're yeah. going to be like, what is she babbling about? Like, I don't get it. I definitely agree with you. Food is the best part about traveling. It's so good. Food and I'm a total wino. Anytime mm-hmm. that I go somewhere, I walked the Camino de Santiago across France and Spain. And then I was like, I'm so close to Portugal and I love Porto wine. The port mm-hmm. wine, sorry. So I went to Porto in Portugal so I could go on a port wine tour. It's literally the only reason why I went to Portugal. I just had to do it. Like, I was like, oh, I'm so close. I love port wine. Like, what better way to experience it and do a port wine tour than in Porto where it's made? It's like little things like that when you're traveling and you're just like, especially when you're in Europe. I guess it's different. You're from the States, right? No, I'm a Mexican-German, actually. Oh, goodness. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have, have you lived in Germany a bit? Like in Europe, you can just travel so much around. And I mean, coming from yeah. Canada for me, I'm from Niagara Falls, so it's like right on the border and I could go into the US very easily, but that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. I think that's why I yeah. also got so intrigued and interested. Like if I was a kid or a teenager and I grew up in Europe and I could have traveled to all these different countries on the weekend yeah like that's yeah, all I would have done the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's all I would have done just eaten same. all the food just driven around Europe and eaten everything and drank all the wine oh my god yeah how do you actually pick the place that you're gonna um, like live in like I know you told me that you want to live in Australia for a while but let's say you'd want to move for a bit somewhere else like how do you go about picking your next destination per se So a couple things for me generally factor in right off the bat. First Mm -hmm. of all, there can't be any snow. I'm (laughs) such a bad Canadian as I say that. I kid you not, I'm allergic to winter. Like, I just can't handle it. I cannot handle it at all. I very, very much thrive in the summer. It doesn't have to be like Mm -hmm. really hot, but just in sunny weather. I, I really just don't like being cold. I don't enjoy it. So that usually factors in right away. And then I'm also Uh the opposite of a city person. I really like small places, whether it be like, I don't know, in in British Columbia, I lived in this tiny little town called Field, and there was less than Mm -hmm. 200 people that lived there. Um, I lived in Western Australia. Perth is the most isolated city in the world next to Hawaii, which is on an island. And I loved Mm -hmm. it. Byron as well. Byron's small. I mean, the closest big city is Brisbane, which is about two hours away, depending on traffic. But these small little tiny places, like it's not only what I go to, but if I was going to relocate somewhere to live there, I would have to kind of find something that's more town than city. Oh, that's interesting. That would be Total opposite of me. That's the total opposite of most people. Anytime I say that, most people are like, but the city has so many things. (laughs) But I think my big things are, yeah, yeah, just just smaller town size. Can either get to a beach or trails or something like that. I do really need to be outdoors. I think that's just the thing for me growing up in Canada. We were always kind of, I never lived in a big town. I was decently small. So we always had like the escarpment Mm -hmm. and forests and things like that to run around in. And I think that's just kind of hit home with me now. I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to live that little town life. It's funny that you mentioned home because I wanted to ask you, what does home mean to you? And do you actually miss home or is Australia your home now? This is such a difficult question. Um, I would say I definitely consider Australia to be home now. And I consider Byron Mm -hmm. to be home. With that being said, in all the places that I've traveled, I think my my hometown, of course, was like a sense of home for me growing up. Mm-hmm. And then Field, the little town that I lived in in British Columbia in Canada, that was a really big sense of home for me. Yeah. And then Fremantle here in Australia and Byron. Uh, so I'd say throughout my whole life, I'm going to be 27 soon. And those are kind of like the four places 
that when I think of home, those are what resonate with me. And I Mm -hmm. think it's just a sense of the places where I like most discovered myself and just was able to put down some roots and grow and learn just as a person within those four places are really areas where I've made big changes or big pivots in my life. And they're just like Mm -hmm. really highlighting points. With that being said, I think I've lived in just over 20, maybe closer to 30 now, different cities and towns. Mm -hmm. Um, And those four would definitely be the ones. That being said, of course, I mean, the one big thing about home home being my hometown is the people. Mm -hmm. I am one of seven siblings. Oh my God. From marriages and remarriages and things like that. So I have my siblings and then Mm step-siblings and half-siblings and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much right in the middle. And with the age that I'm at, I mean, a lot of my siblings now have kids. So I've got nieces and nephews. And for me growing up, I I had the same like five to six like core group of friends we all meant we all pretty much went to like primary and high school together and stayed in touch through college and through all of my travels those are the same like five six girls and guys that I see every time I go home so I think that's the biggest kicker but I mean at this point I've been traveling for so much and in this day and age I'm on FaceTime and Snapchat and sending photos and texts back every single day we stay in touch like that core group of like five or six of us I send them home postcards from every place that I've been to and then every time I go home like one of my sisters keeps all my postcards in a little box under her bed another one has a bulletin board in her room and she tacks them all up on there Um, oh that's so sweet yeah so they know I'm always going to go home and I know I'm always going to go home but I know that they're always there and this is what I love doing and hopefully I've been in Australia for almost four years. None of them have come to visit me. (laughs) But I'm really hoping... I know, how insane, right? I'm really hoping that after coronavirus passes, one of my younger sisters, she's just turned 19, and she's in this whole, like, I'm coming to Australia, I'm moving there to come be with you for a bit. So I reckon once I get one of them out here, then it'll be a lot easier to get a few more. Because then they'll go home and, like, if someone in the family or friends that doesn't travel as much comes here yeah. and says like, oh, I loved it, like you have to go, they're going to believe Definitely. it more so than if it's coming out of my mouth. Because if I said that, they'd be like, you'll go anywhere. Like, what do you mean? Definitely. That's amazing. And what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur for you, going back to business, let's say? My goodness, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think it really comes down to time management and mindset those are like Mm -hmm. the top two things because you need to keep yourself motivated and you need to be able to delegate to yourself and really especially when you're just starting out you run everything you are everything in your business and it's a pretty major learning curve I mean I had been in a couple management positions before um, mm-hmm. where you do have to just think a little bit more about time management and order and things like that. And you dip into like finances and budgeting. But I mean, I didn't take any business courses in high school. I think I took accounting one year, but I honestly don't even remember it. And then comes the added difficulty as well, as I'm sure most people that are listening to this podcast have been through. Yeah, It's the joy of living in a country where you are not a citizen and don't have full legal rights and you've started a business. It's a whole new level of crazy because I'm juggling. Yeah. I'm juggling a tax system that I've never dealt with. I can tell you how to do taxes in Canada. Australia is so different. Taxes are different time of the year, like end of financial year in Australia is in June. Okay. That's interesting. So random. Why? I have no idea. Um, it's, it's so random. I don't get it. But yeah, there's, there's so many different things, different taxes, different laws, how to register the business, the legalities behind it. It's, yep. it's, it's a time for sure. (laughs) But this is why we have what I call business besties. Yeah. You just, you really have to have the mindset, first of all, to stay motivated and you have to really get humble with yourself because you are going to ask for help so many times. You're going to need to ask for help so many times. 
So for me in the beginning, that was definitely a tricky bit for me to like let go and just sit back and say, all right, you have no idea how to do this. You can be really Mm -hmm. proud and sit online and try and sort it out for an hour, or you can just reach out to someone and ask for help. And that's a little bit hard at first because it's not like you're just doing that once or twice, like you're having to do it quite a bit, especially like Mm -hmm. I was messaging a lot of my Aussie mates and I was like, guys, I need your help. I don't get taxes. This country is confusing. Um, (laughs) Even just registering the business name and stuff was so strange. I went over to a friend's house. I paid him in a six pack of beer. And he sat down for three hours and walked me through it. And without that, I mean, that would have just taken me forever. Um, Yeah. So you got to let go of a bit and you have to really be open and willing to accept help and stay Mm -hmm. motivated. But I mean, if you have the passion for it, if if I had to do it all over again, I would. Definitely. No questions asked. That's amazing. So besides um, creating websites, doing your Instagram, having a following, photography, What else do you do? Because I know you run the Digital Nomad Society. So what is that and what actually inspired you to launch it? Yes, I'm so crazy that I kind of started and launched two businesses almost within one. Um, So through Traveler by Trade, um, I do online digital strategy. So I do everything Mm -hmm. from social media management, consulting and coaching, brand and content photography and website development. And then SEO Mm -hmm. and the nerdy and all that fun bits in between there. Um, Mm -hmm. And through that, I mean, the Digital Nomad Society just kind of happened as well. This was a couple months into the business. But I just had so many people. I think I kind of had a following of just like backpacker, traveler, me working Mm -hmm. in random cafes and stores and kind of built a bit of a following. And then when I started the online business and started the transition over to running it just as a travel page and bringing it into a business feed and showing Mm -hmm. off my work and my portfolio and the things I was doing. I had so many people messaging me saying like, how did you do that? Like, how do I learn how to do this? So the Digital Nomad Society, I built out kind of as a collective. So it's not all the weight of running the business and and that side of things isn't on me. So Mm -hmm. I have um, like a Facebook group, for example, And I have different online entrepreneurs that'll go in and do mini trainings or just record a quick two or three minute video saying what they do Mm -hmm. online to make money and how they got started. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing, the Digital Nomad Society website, the blog is a collective. I think I've written maybe two of the blogs. The other ones are guest blog posters. So people that work online um, and things like that, basically giving their input. So the idea behind it was if you are looking to become a digital nomad or online entrepreneur and start an online business, you can come and join the Digital Nomad Society. And there are many trainings um, in the Facebook group. There's different blogs and articles that are on the blog. Um, The Digital Nomad Society website has like online trainings. There's one on there, like how to become a VA in 90 days, uh, a social Mm -hmm. media manager training course. There's another one that's strictly just business, like how to start your own online business. And these are companies, um, these are businesses and brands, sorry, that have created these these courses. So I've created one of my own Instagram courses. But then there's another one, um, the lady who created it, she's called Esther. And it's a 90-day VA program. So in 90 days, you learn how to become a virtual assistant. So her course is on the Digital Nomad Society. Like it's really a compilation of a ton of online business owners coming together and kind of creating like a resource hub for anyone that wants to start working online. Oh, that's amazing. That's the goal. That's super cool. It's slowly growing. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting there. Um, Everything takes time. So I can relate to that. Yeah. What actually makes you feel the most creative? Because I feel like you do a ton of things, but like what, where do you find inspiration? I think I get a lot of my inspiration just through experience. Um, mm-hmm. As I said, like when I go to move to a new place, I love the new and the exciting and the unknown. I'm hugely, hugely into like just nature, walks and yeah. trails and beaches. And you'll see across all of my website templates, everything, like all of the colors are very neutral. They're all like your blues and greens and browns. I think I pull a lot of that as well through my photography. Just yeah kind of making myself get out there if ever I'm feeling like a little hump or like oh I'm just not feeling too creative this week I'll just go for a walk or take my camera like 
I think with me, because I do so much design work between having designing out the websites and editing and photos and stuff like that, if ever I'm lacking inspiration or creativity in one realm, I can kind of fuel it from another, which I guess is almost Mm -hmm. lucky that I do a few different things. But yeah, honestly, I think for me, it's just traveling and adventure and experience that really just fuels my fire. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Definitely. That's amazing. I'm pretty sure you have so many funny, interesting, and just flat out crazy stories that have happened to you while traveling, working and traveling. So can you tell us your favorite story? Oh, goodness. From working and traveling? You can choose. Like just the favorite, funniest, craziest, something that you never thought would happen to you. Like the most interesting experience you've had from traveling. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so I'll break it down into a few different things. One of the most exhilarating in Nicaragua, you can actually hike up an active volcano and like sandboard down the side of it. Hands down, I will always remember that as being like one of the most funnest, most exhilarating experiences of my life. It was so good. I get into these modes when I travel as well, where I'm just like, screw it, spur of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. the first time I went to Bali, I was supposed to stay for 10 days and ditched out my cab about five minutes before I was supposed to go to the airport and stayed for 30 days. That was good fun. Um, I've done a lot of random things like that where I was like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to go home. And then I'm like, yeah, nah, I don't want to go back. I'm staying. Um, oh my God. one of the best experiences so far, I think someone found me from, there's a company called General Assembly in Sydney, Mm -hmm. here in Australia. I think they're all over Australia, actually. And they do different like trainings and courses and things like that. And they teamed up with Fiverr, if you know that website. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So they teamed up with Fiverr and they did this little event on how to become a digital nomad. So they actually flew me, they contacted me online through Instagram one morning, flew me to Sydney a couple weeks later. And then I got to speak at this event in front of like a ton of people the first time I'd ever wow. been in Sydney as well huge city I freaked out um <laughs> and then through that someone then found me again through just networking and stuff online through a company called work wanders and then mm-hmm. I got to go to South Africa for free for two weeks for a digital nomad retreat oh my god that sounds like the dream yeah that was pretty cool when that happened, my partner and I, we had actually booked a trip to go to Bali. So we were going mm-hmm. to Bali for 10 days. And it was probably two weeks before that. And the the lady who runs Work Wanders, the trip, she sent me a message. And she's like, I know this is so last minute. We have kind of like these kind of like digital nomad ambassadors or like people mm-hmm. that work online that she would bring on these trips and tours. And then you help out with like running little trainings and masterclasses and stuff like that. And she said, I know this is really last minute, but I want you to come for two and a half weeks if you can. So me and my partner went to Bali for 10 days. I came home and then three days later, I flew to South Africa for two and a half weeks. Oh my God. And I think that that like month and a half span I just sat back and I was like, oh, this is the digital nomad life I've spent. (laughs) I've spent about five days on flights and in airplanes in this past month and just been to so many places. Went to Bali, Singapore, stopped in Hong Kong on my way to South Africa. I'd always wanted to go to South Africa. I got to go on a safari and see this real life giant elephant right in front of me. Um, and so jealous. Oh, it was so insane. Elephants, like, honestly, they are so majestic. They weigh like yeah. 7 billion pounds. And I swear the ground was like rumbling every time they stepped down. But they're just these beautiful, majestic creatures. Like, everyone just stopped and didn't even say a damn thing. Like, I couldn't even wow. hardly take a picture. I was just staring at it. Like, I didn't even want to use my camera. I was just like, oh my goodness, hi, elephant. And then you get to see, of course, like the tigers and lions and things like that. And like a hippo in real yeah. life and a rhino. Oh, oh my goodness. South Africa, if you ever get to go, oh my goodness. Definitely. That's literally my on my list. Countries. Yeah, it's amazing. Like you've literally, 
said all of the places that I still dream about going because <laughs> I have traveled quite a bit, but I've never gone to India. It's also on my list. Never gone to Australia. It's my dream. I was actually going to move there to study, but long story short, my parents were like, no, that's too far. And obviously South Africa, safaris, like I'm just drooling right now with all the yeah. stories. Oh, it's so good. If you ever come to Australia, you have to come and stay with me. Oh my God, definitely. Depends how tiny my house is that I'm living in at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Who knows? That'll still be an adventure. That's so funny. Um, But yeah, I highly recommend it. India, amazing. If you go to India, let me know. I will come back with you. We can just eat our way across the country. Let's plan this. Let's (laughs) plan it. I'm down. South Africa. Do you like, oh my goodness, that South African safari blew my mind and then some I couldn't even believe it like it's amazing it sounds so magical now you're giving me major travel vibes if I already had them before I just want to go traveling so bad I've been stuck I can't even look at (laughs) flights right now like I cannot wait until we can get on the move again my goodness I'm gonna book a flight so fast and just be like okay guys I'm going I need a break (laughs) I feel the struggle my mom literally she was just here when she left, she was like, please save money because I know that once this whole thing's over, you're going to book a one-way trip or a round trip somewhere. Please don't calm the F down. I was like, I yes. want to travel. I love that she knows you so well. That's definitely something my mom would say. Yeah, because she left me money, right? She's like, here's some money for your savings. And I was like, my eyes lit up. And she's like, don't even think about using it for a flight. And I'm like, God damn it. It's like, of course, mom, you know that that's what that's going towards. Like, in my bank account, there's yeah. checkings and travel. Like savings is not a thing. That. Like bills, checkings, school tuition, travel money. That's pretty much all it is. That's how I label it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so what is the one thing you would tell your younger self if you could? Like, do you feel like you've learned something along the way that you wish you knew before starting, before, you know, moving all around? If I could go back, I would tell younger Chelsea to not waste the money that I wasted on college I tried it and then I found traveling and if I had just skipped Mm -hmm. college and taken that tuition money oh my goodness the things I could have done (laughs) college is great but I think I like even in the back of my head then I knew like oh maybe just take a year off and explore like if the day ever comes when I have children there's no way that they are going to college right after high school I mean, more than likely, they're going to be homeschooled so we can travel. So I guess it's not really going to be <laughs> the same comparison. But I said the same <laughs> thing to my little brothers, like my younger siblings. It was like, take a year mm-hmm. off and go and travel. My my younger brother did the same thing. He went to college for a year, didn't like it, dropped out. And him and his girlfriend have just been working and saving. And they've been to like 15 countries in the past wow. year and a half because they just stopped school and started traveling. And I was like, see all you had to do was take a year off and travel. Look at how much you love it. He went to Europe the first time and he was like messaging me from Italy and he was like, oh my goodness, I'm in heaven. And I was like, I know, I told you. Like, <laughs> He didn't listen. Learn from my past mistakes, little brother. I told you. And then my little sister did the same thing. She went to school for a year. And then now she's, now it's, I mean, it's a little different because it's coronavirus. Um, so there's nothing they can yeah. do. But now she's been mm-hmm. talking to me and she's like, I don't think I'm going to go back next year. I might come and see you in Australia for a year. And it's like, yes, let's go. I'll pay for your visa. Come on. <laughs> come float around the world with me. So yeah, younger oh, me, I would just be like, don't go to school. Take that year off. Listen to that gut feeling. Take your tuition money and go to Asia. It'll go so much further. Love, that. <laughs> love, love, love that. So my favorite question and the one I always end the interviews with I'm pretty sure you've had an experience where you were probably probably the only one to live it at some point. Like maybe it was a thought, a fear, or just something that you thought you thought, hey, this probably like is only me feeling this. Could you tell us what it is and maybe what you would like to tell other people that have thought the same thing at some point? Um, I'm trying to think of something that like I don't know, I guess one thing. <laughs> One thought where there's been multiple times and I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope I'm the only one that's thought this is when I'm in a foreign country and just get myself Mm -hmm. completely lost or in a bad situation because I've done that before. Like two o'clock in the morning, one too many drinks, to politely put it, in San Juan Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, trying to get home. Mm -hmm. 
I've had a few of those experiences where I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm the only person in the world that this would have ever happened to. Like, I'm lost. I live here now in the streets in this foreign country. I'm never going to find my hostel. Um, yeah, I think that was probably, could be a thought or a fear in the question. Yeah, that was definitely a fear of mine. It's happened a couple times. I don't even want to admit mm-hmm. that. But it has happened a few times where I've just like gotten lost or been in a foreign country and just... yeah. You get to that point and you're like, no one understands me. I'm lost. I'm confused. My phone doesn't work. It's yeah. rainy or I'm cold. And heaven forbid I get cold because then it's the end of the world. Um, <laughs> but I think when you get to those points in all of those cases, it's just a matter of, all right, calm, take a breath. Yeah. Think about. I mean, in that situation, because it's traveling, what I've always said to myself is like, there's so many people in this world that travel. At least you're not in a jail somewhere. Like, at least you're not, like, accidentally locked up in a foreign jail. Like, you could be in a worse position. Just breathe. You got this. <laughs> I think I've just heard one too many horror stories of, like, backpackers and stuff illegally crossing borders in Asia or doing something silly they didn't know was illegal and then they get, like, arrested yeah. or threatened with jail or something like that, which in a foreign country, that's always been my biggest fear when traveling. Is yeah. that like, oh, like, accidentally do something? Like, there's some laws that are just so silly in foreign countries, and you're just like, yeah. and you don't speak the language. I've always been so scared, like, something like that would happen to me. I'm going to touch wood, literally, as I say this, <laughs> for when I start <laughs> traveling again, <laughs> before I jinx myself. But yeah, I think that would be, like, the one time where I've gotten to the point. I mean, another one in a travel sense is, like, will I ever find a home? I've gone through those phases as well where I've just been traveling so much and then it's like oh am I ever gonna have a home base like do I even want a home base and now of course all of us ladies as we start getting closer to our 30s especially those of us that travel we're always like oh are we ever gonna have a family is kids an option like can I can I strap a kid to my back and (laughs) bring him in a backpack and still travel like Am I ever going to have a family? Am I going to travel forever? Like those, as I get closer to 30, those thoughts are starting to come in as well. (laughs) But I'm sure any traveler female that is close or above the age of 30 listening to this podcast is probably like, yeah, Yeah. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I definitely get those like thoughts and experiences as well. Good fun. Yeah. (laughs) It comes with the trade. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much so. Okay. So time for the rapid fire questions to end this fabulous interview. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm so intrigued. First one. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? All traffic lights be green. <laughs> Definitely. Of course you'd say that because you drive always. So yeah. Me and the van would love that. I'd save so much money on petrol from just idling there at red, red lights constantly. That makes sense. Okay. Would you rather be the first person to explore a planet or be the inventor of a drug or medicine that cures a deadly disease? Drug or medicine by far. Love that. I don't want to be the only now. one on a new planet that's scary. I'm an explorer. I'm <laughs> an not adventure. a daredevil. <laughs> True. I'll be like the second or the third once I know it's safe. I'm not that much of okay, a daredevil. <laughs> that makes sense. That's a good one. Camping or stay at a hotel? Camping. Tent life. All okay. <laughs> Late or early? And it could be to wake up or to like go to sleep. Ooh. I'd say early. I'm always up at like six or seven in the morning, but I also sleep like four or five hours. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those weird That's... people, so I'm usually up kind of late. But I'm more productive in the mornings. Like in the mornings, I get up and I'm like, okay, let's do cool things. So probably Okay, that's an interesting one. Good choice, good choice. Beach or mountains? Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to answer this. That is probably the one thing I don't think I could ever decide on. Okay. It's so hard. I love the beach. I'm a total summer baby, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that beats like camping or like a walk in the woods. Hmm. I'm gonna have I knew to call. This gonna be hard. I'm gonna have to call Neutral Sweden on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll I'll give it to you. I'll give you that. Pass. Just that one. <laughs> yeah, just that one. Magazines or books for you? 
books all the way. Sushi or pizza? Oh, that is so hard. Um, <laughs> I knew I, I was going to ask you this one because I know Canada sushi is amazing. So I was yes. like, this has to be a question. Oh, that's so hard. Um, I am biased. I do actually have a pizza slice tattoo in my sleeve. So I think I'm going to stick oh, hard that. with the pizza because I am a diehard pizza. <laughs> Although sushi is like, oh, blessed. I love homemade sushi. But yeah. Yeah. All in all, I'd have to go with the pizza. I mean, I've got the tattoo. I've got to stick with it. <laughs> Very on brand of you. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather stay in or go out like partying? Stay in all the way. <laughs> Love it. Flying or driving? And I feel like this one's a hard one for you as well. That's a hard one. I mean, in terms of adventure on the journey, driving. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of destination, probably flying because I'm going somewhere further and probably new if I'm flying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one. Good answer. Good answer. I like that one. And the last one, would you rather go on a new adventure like someplace new or revisit your favorite place in the world? Oh, that's so tricky. Oh my goodness. You ask hard ones. <laughs> they have to I be thought hard. the sushi pizza combo fun. was gonna be the worst this one uh I think maybe go someplace new when you mm -hmm. go to like I've revisited my favorite like favorite places before and yeah it's always amazing and you have that sense of like oh I know where I am and I love it but it, the story always changes when you go back yeah and then sometimes it's not always your favorite place anymore. Like different memories can change it and you have newer memories to think about that place. Yeah. So maybe I'd say leave my favorite memory as my in my favorite place and go somewhere new. I love that. That but was the best really analogy tricky. possible. <laughs> that's my way of thinking about things. <laughs> that was the best analogy possible and the best way to end this episode. <laughs> I can honestly tell you that was the best answer possible um so thank you chelsea so much for chatting with me today it's been so interesting and honestly i don't know whether to say i love you or hate you right now because now i have so many major travel vibes but they'll keep me going for when this is all over and i'll definitely hit you up if i go when i go to australia not if yes <laughs> and sure. remember guys that you can find the link to her instagram and all of the information on the episode description if you want to check her out and also get some major travel destination vibes and jet lag or jet set or whatever you want to call it. And you can also find our description and information in the episode. And it's remember our Instagram is at pretty sure podcast. If you want to chat with us, leave us a message, give us some feedback, whatever. We love to talk to you. So thank you again, Chelsea. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Peace out, everybody. Bye.